Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, I wish you a very, very happy National Greasy Foods Day. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. You're going to want to go find Big Banter Sports because they just released their Big Ten Basketball Season Preview episode on YouTube, on their website. You can go find it pretty much wherever Big Banter Sports is. And yours truly is included in that episode. I give my take, of course, on Ohio State, but on a few other Big Ten teams. And you can be well prepared for the Big Ten College Basketball Season by listening to that show lots of content on it it's great highly recommend you get there i have good news for you before we begin chatting with our guest and that good news is that we are getting closer and closer to the college basketball season every single day and while that may not be profound and it may be obvious to you That doesn't make it any less exciting. We are so dangerously close to the college basketball season. One more episode coming out on Friday is planned for you. Three more next week. Again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then college basketball will be here. And Ohio State will take on Oakland. So as we are excited for that, we're also excited for this episode. Talking with Andrew Zoldan. He, of course, is involved with the Drive the Lane pod with Joey Lane, a friend of the show and frequent flyer on the show. Some are saying also social media manager for the TBT tournament. You can find him on Twitter at Andrew Zolden. Make sure you go give him a follow. Fantastic conversation today with Andrew where we go through our biggest questions and at the end of the show, If you're listening before the NBA action has begun tonight, or if you're listening and you happen to have a FanDuel 100% profit boost, not a sponsor, could be, probably won't be, you might want to listen to some takes that myself and Andrew have for your sports betting preferences or plays that you could make. Now, obviously, this show is focused on Ohio State basketball, so that's what this show is about, but it's some nice banter at the end that may be entertaining for some. Today's show is, of course, sponsored by CBB Analytics. CBB Analytics is the most in-depth platform for college basketball high octane analytics cbbanalytics.com go there right now if you sign up for an account you can get your first month free using the code shot that's c no not c that's s c h o t t as in short for schottenstein center you can get your first month free highly recommend it why because well i use it second because ohio state university men's basketball also uses it that means chris holtman has access to the site They use it to put together their scouting reports. They use it to scout other teams, to self-scout, to understand how teams break down, what they're good at, what they're not good at. And you can use that exact same stats to be the smartest college basketball fan in the world, potentially, at least in your circle of 
friends, unless of course you share college basketball analytics with them as well. So make sure you sign up, sign up at the site cbbanalytics.com. And last but not least, before we get into this conversation with Andrew, please make sure to subscribe to the Views from the Shop podcast. The Views from the Shop podcast is the only Ohio State basketball exclusive podcast covering only Ohio State basketball and doing it regularly scheduled programming year-round. That means in April when Ohio State was not playing, in May, June, July, we were having interviews and conversations with people on the Ohio State staff, recruits coming into Ohio State like Colin White. That is here on this Views from the Shop podcast, wherever you're getting your, your, your podcasts and on YouTube as well. So check us out. Subscribe. It's free. It's simple. It's easy. And as we say, not many things in life are all three of those combined. Andrew Zoldan joining the show today. We're going to talk biggest questions in regards to Ohio State basketball. But before we get into that, my biggest question to you today, Andrew, is are you a um, anti or pro um, expansion of the NCAA tournament? That's of course, a topic of conversation that has to come up every three months because people need content. And I got to I gotta lay that question out to you as I see more people talking about it. Recently, are you pro-anti expanding the NCAA tournament past 68 teams? Definitely anti because, you know, you look at a team like Ohio State last year where they were not a team that was going to get a, you know, a at-large bid to the tournament. And then they had an opportunity to get to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament where they would have, you know, if they won that, made it to March Madness, made it to the field of 68 or 64. So I think I personally look at the conference tournaments as kind of like an extension of it. And if you look at it like that, every team is eligible and every team has a chance going into the conference tournament. So if if you're not in the field of 68 after what you do in your conference tournament, like, Hey, you had your opportunity to, you know, maybe get hot and win your conference tournament. You know, that's more for like the big 10 and sec and schools like that, where you might be a bubble team heading into it, but I'm definitely not pro expanding it. I actually think a big advocate of that last year was Dennis Gates, the coach at Mizzou. And I, I went to Mizzou. And then of course, last year it was like one of the best teams Mizzou's had in the last, you know, however, many years so he kind of proved against his own point of of wanting to expand it but to to answer that question no I am not a fan of potentially expanding the NCAA tournament yeah I am I'm anti-expanding pretty much anything the MLB playoffs I'm good with um college football absolutely hate expanding it out to four you you look at Ohio State and Penn State this past weekend and Great game, great matchup, so much energy. Penn State season is essentially over now. So that sucks for them, but that's that's how it goes. However, next year, when the playoff ex- is expanded to 12 teams, Penn State will lose that game and say, hmm, whatever, you know, we can still make it. Even if we lose to Michigan, we'll still have an outside chance to make it to the playoff. And the regular season, which I believe the regular season in college football is more special than any sport, it's going to be completely watered down in my opinion. However, I'm not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about 
Ohio State hoops of force, of course. Andrew, um, I want to give you the chance here to plug whatever you want to plug. I know you've got a bunch of different stuff that you work on. So uh, of, of all the projects, which one do you love the most? And, and which one of those do you do you hate the most as well? <laughs> um, that's a that's a funny funny question um i'm not gonna answer which one i hate the most but i will say that for ohio state specific coverage you gotta follow me and my guy joey lane at, at drive the lane we're gonna be doing a lot of fun stuff this year we just had coach holtman on the show we're at drive the lane pod on twitter i i personally would say our in-game twitter is one of the best in the business for both for both football and basketball in terms of entertainment not necessarily twitter you know, analysis mid game, especially for football, it's more just like memes and fun stuff and some highlights if, if the opportunity presents itself, but yeah, love doing drive the lane with my guy, Joey, we're on season five of it and just had our biggest guest in D'Angelo Russell. So the train is rolling and you know, my, my second favorite thing out there to consume Buckeye media's views from the shot. Hey, we'll take that. Uh, second, second in Andrew's heart is first in everyone else's. So we're, we're happy to to take the silver medal there. And yeah, uh, we we here at the Views from the Shot, we follow Drive the Lane. We follow, of course, Andrew. Joey's been on the show multiple times as well. Great Twitter account. Uh, tied for first with ours. I won't pick favorites here. We'll, we'll, we'll say it's tied for first. But uh, obviously, Andrew, Joey, great follows. Drive the Lane as well. Great follow as well. Give that a listen. They also did... Uh, an episode with another Ohio State basketball pod as well with Connor Lamonts in the past couple of weeks. So the basketball content is here. We've been kind of pelted with a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football, and, and the basketball content is now in full swing. So we're talking this season preview series. Today we're going to talk biggest questions. And Andrew, you're the guest, so I need to be kind to you. And I'm going to let you give one of your biggest questions first. It doesn't have to be the biggest nor does it have to be the smallest. It could be your medium-sized question. It doesn't really matter to me. But what question do you want to start the show with in terms of questions you've got unanswered for Ohio State basketball heading into the season? Yeah, so I, I got a good one to start with. And this is the last few years, you know, going back a while now, going all the way back to John Diebler. Ohio State has had or thought they had a three-point specialist that could hit big shots if you're down two, he's going to take a three to give you the lead. If you're down three, he's going to, you know, tie the game. Or if you're tied, he's going to hit a three and give you a big momentum shifting lead or get hot in the final few minutes. It might not be the guy that scores 20 points a game or 17 points a game. Last year it was Sean McNeil, and we loved Sean McNeil. I loved Sean McNeil. Ohio State didn't win too many games in the second half of the season last year, but it felt like when they did win games – it was because Sean McNeil stepped up in a big, big way. He's obviously not on the team anymore. Justin Arns, not on the team anymore. Dwayne Washington, not on the team anymore. Diebler, not on the team anymore. Well, that's you know been the trend for a while. Cam Williams, you're kind of catching, catching my drift here. What I'm saying is who is going to be that shooter that can really just step up and hit big shots as needed, but it might not necessarily be the guy that is – in control of the game the whole game Bruce Thornton is probably the answer of like who who do you want the ball in the hands of at the end of the game to make decisions but I'm interested to see you know is it is it Roddy Gale that's like hey you're the guy that's got to score for us down the stretch is it is it you know Jamison Battle it's like hey you have to 
hit big shots. When we're down, we're going to get the ball to you. You got to create, you got to hit a, hit a big three. I'm interested to see who that, you know, closer for lack of a better term term or big shot maker is going to be on the team this year. Yeah. And that's been a thing. It's funny because Ohio Ohio state is consistently really, really good offensively and really good from behind the three point line, but they haven't had that guy here in a couple of years. Like you said, you also left out Mark loving, which feels suspicious, but that's fine. Obviously well-known three point specialist and marksman for Ohio state. Not sure why he's catching a stray, but sorry, Mark. Um, another player I would mention here is Dale Bonner. It, it, I, I've already coined the term bonnering. Uh, I I, I've said it before. Get in losers. We're, we're going bonnering after the, I've been high on Dale Bonner. Super excited that he's here at Ohio state this year. And even after the exhibition, which definitely counts in Ohio state is certainly one to know right now. Dale Bonner, he looks springy. Uh, I don't think he shot great from three, actually, in this game um, against Dayton, but it was just an exhibition. But his numbers, they don't jump out at you, but his his true shooting percentage was really, really good. Um, He was a good shooter from the three-point line as well last season with Baylor, shooting 37% from deep. So if if you need a shot, if you need a bucket, I wonder if Dale Bonner could potentially be that guy. Um, but that's a fair question to ask. And you've got a couple options. Like you said, you've got Thornton, you've got Dale Bonner, you've got Jamison Battle, who looked really, really good against Dayton. And it's hard to to glean too much from a scrimmage, but it is I the like, first basketball content we get since since March. So yeah, I like the Bonner answer from your end because that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, not the guy that's gonna average 15 a game, not the guy that's gonna get you 30, you know, in the Big Ten tournament, even though Sean McNeil had those moments where he heated up like against uh, um, San Diego state last year in Hawaii, where he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. But the guy that's like, okay, he's in the game at the end because we can trust him. And he's made big shots before. Obviously Bruce Thornton, James and battle are here because they are doing it all game. So I, I like that. Uh, I like that Dale Bonner you know, potential answer to my first question. Yeah. And if you need a three against Merrimack, maybe you turn to Kalen Etzler as well. Uh, I've heard good things about him as far as the season, maybe having an expanded role this year. I don't know how likely that is, but maybe, maybe there's a guy like Kalen Etzler who can be there, the outside chance there. Uh, So I like that question. My first question that I, I, I would say is unanswered and I'd like to pose to you is, to put it delicately, viewing a game from the shot and scene center, not a plan words on there, but but legitimate viewing the game at Ohio State when they're at home has been about as exciting as my nap time during kindergarten. And I find that to be a problem. So this year, Ohio State is going to face Texas A&M at home. That's great. They're going to have some big games at home and conference play against Purdue. What what do we have to do? in order to get the nut house to be nutty again, I, I make the nut house nutty again. Let's coin that phrase as well today. Trademarked mine. What do we have to do to get, to get fans into the seats? Like I know there wasn't a lot of hype around the team last year. It was a very poor year, but that's something that just hurts me when I go to games anymore is it's, it's very, very sleepy at the shot. So you you mentioned that Texas A&M game. I, I remember – so there's two games I want to talk about where 
it's like should tr- try to strive and get it to be like that atmosphere. One is is when they upset Duke two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was at that game, part of the court storm. So that was incredible. We need every game like that. But the other one was the Purdue game at home last year where Zed Key got hurt and then Felix came in and was like, this guy actually can kind of maybe one-tenth guard Zach Eady as a, as a true freshman getting his first meaningful minutes. And I remember the crowd being fired up for that game. And then it was a wild ending where they ended up losing. I think they were up three with like 30 seconds left or something like mm-hmm. that. I remember Joey being at that game. So I think a lot of it is, you know, the the thoughts around the team and the way the team's doing to start the season. But a lot of it also is opponents coming in to the building. You know, if it's it's a hard sell, hey, it's football season, come come watch us against, you know, kind of a, a it's not Texas A&M and, and big, beautiful, exciting SEC opponent or Duke's coming in. Like there's got to be something exciting to bring fans in which makes sense in my eyes and I think the biggest way to build that is just have this Ohio State team be as as good as possible the better the team is the better the output at the games will be and I know that's kind of the obvious answer but it really does make a difference you know it's not just Purdue coming to town number one Purdue you have a chance for an upset if it's Purdue coming to town and you're ranked 19th it's a top 25 matchup people are watching NBA scouts are are there it's an exciting game so you know obviously it hinges so much on the the quality of the team as you get later into Big Ten play but then also it's like who's emerging you know a few years ago um, I'm blanking on the guy's name on Wisconsin who was a first round pick he sucks in the NBA Um, he was like in the running for player of the year yeah, I see his face. I can't remember his name. I'm I'm blanking on his name, but like that's a guy like, oh, that's exciting. He's coming to Columbus. You know, let's go see him. Or a few years ago when Io DeSumo was great, like, oh, he's coming from Illinois. Let's go see him. Or hey, this Indiana, Indiana's got an incredible team this year. Trace Jackson Davis. We've you know tried to beat this guy forever. He's coming. Like it's anytime you can amplify the matchup, it's gonna make it more exciting. I, I don't really know what the answer is to like hey, you know, we're playing New Orleans at home. It's four days before Christmas. How do we pack the place? Like, I, I don't I don't have an answer to that. I do also think, though, that the West Virginia game in Cleveland, which is the first game after that New Orleans game, should be pretty packed, which anytime you get, like, a unique environment, it, it's always more exciting. And Holtman actually, you know, said on our show he's looking for unique things to do. Joey, you know, poised – the question to him, hey, why don't you do a, a game in the shoe, you know, against uh, an opponent? So, you know, getting creative with stuff like that as well. So that that's a long answer to your question of what do you do? But I think the simplest thing is, hey, you win the first few games of the year. Now all of a sudden you're packed on January 3rd for Rutgers. And then, you know, you have an exciting game at Indiana. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. But now Wisconsin, who's good every year, they're they're in town in Columbus. So it's just building off the momentum of the schedule and winning the right games at the right time. Yes, it's hard to get excited to play Western Michigan, but it's a lot more easy to get excited to play them when you've beaten Texas A&M in the non-conference and A&M is ranked 12th in the nation or right. wherever they may be. 
So I think that that game could be important to set the tone for what the environment will look like at the shot this year. And then you mentioned New Orleans. I I am calling it now. New Orleans is a 10 out of 10 trap game for Ohio State. They've got uh, a couple of returning players. They've got the best three-point shooter in NCAA history on the team. And like you said, it's right before Christmas. So well, listen it's what gonna... it's sandwiched in between. It's UCLA, then New mm-hmm. Orleans right before Christmas, then then West Virginia. And Holtman does a great job of like don't overlook games, but I'm 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 with you. That's a that's an interesting schedule placement. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm a little concerned about New Orleans. So if you're looking for a game to get to in the non-conference that maybe isn't AM and will be lower priced, New Orleans might be a good one. I think New Orleans could be tough. Um, so we'll see what happens with, with the environment in general. Um, I'm hoping that it's a, a little more raucous. My my solution would be maybe build a basketball arena, but that's just that's way too complicated and, and life doesn't work that way. So that's fine. Uh, Andrew, next question that you have, we'll just keep ping ponging with each other here. Yeah, my question is, how close can you get to Big Ten tournament Roddy Gale for the whole season? That that really is going to make or break what the team is, because you know, Jamison Battle kind of comes in and from a scoring point of view, fills that justice suing void. And you're expecting that, you know, Bruce Thornton fills that Bryce Sensabaugh void just on a strict points per game basis. If Bryce is, or if, if Bruce is 15 to 17, Jamison Battle is 12 to 15, can Roddy Gale be that third guy averaging, you know, 12 to 15 where he has games where, He's scoring 20 and you're not like jaw on the floor like we were during the Big Ten tournament. So I think the season hinges a lot on that is him taking the next step. There's there's kind of two paths for him. It's taking the next step in just like natural progression as a sophomore. And then there's taking the next step, which is a big enough step to be, you know, similar to what he was in the Big Ten tournament, which was incredible. So that that's my that's probably my biggest question is you know can Roddy Gale hit that Big Ten tournament ceiling consistently during the season this year? Yeah, so I have been adamant. I thought Roddy Gale was going to be the breakout player this year for Ohio State before it was cool, and it may not be cool still. But the, I mean, last year in the spring. Even in in Big Ten play, I was saying, look, Roddy Gale, he's going to be limited this year, both in playing time and in the the amount of production that he can give because you've got a guy like Bryce Sensmaw on the floor. But this year, I love Roddy Gale. I love what he what he's shown down the stretch last season. He's super athletic. He he's going to be able to block shots. He's going to be able to throw down some highlight reel dunks. He can shoot the three. He's already shown that. Ohio State, I believe they played, I think it was the Iowa game maybe, where I had a buddy of mine who's a Duke fan actually, and he texted me, he's like, who that in the world is this Roddy Gale guy and why have I not heard of him? And I think a lot of people are going to have that response this year where they're like watching Ohio State and they see Roddy Gale has 16 points. I've never even heard of this guy. He's a sophomore. And I I, I am so in on Roddy Gale this season. I, I, I want to be right so badly and – there's not, I, I usually, I really, there, there's a, there's an art to riding the fence, especially when you have a podcast, because I personally prefer not to be wrong. So I don't give too many takes necessarily. I more, I more so give analysis and feedback and things like that, but I'm all in on Roddy Gale 
having a couple 20 point games this year and, and really showing out for Ohio State. So give me Roddy, Roddy Gale. I, I want all of the Roddy Gale shares this season. Now, another question I would have for you, which kind of relates to the personnel, is there's this weird nebulous right now between it's like this tension of is Zedke a five or is he a four? He's dropped a bunch of weight. Felix Akpara, on the other side, has gained a bunch of weight. So what is this dynamic going to look like with Zed Key and Felix Akpara? Who's going to start at the five? Who's going to get more minutes? Can Zed Key play the four while Akpara is playing the five? Can Zed Key shoot the three? So it's really more of a Zed Key question, I think, than anything else. But I've said before that I think the success of Ohio State this season hinges more on Zed Key than anyone else. Not because of what he can bring or his production or anything like that, but because if he can play the four, if he can shoot the three, if he can stretch the floor, it changes Ohio State's gameplay drastically in rotation. So I throw a lot out there uh, in terms of Zed Key, Felix Akpara. Thoughts on on those two, how they might be able to play on the same floor at the same time together? Or does that seem like a pipe dream that a lot of Ohio State fans have just been curious about? I'd be shocked if if it's not at least experimented with early on in the season. Maybe not in the Texas A&M game, but maybe – or maybe even in the Texas A&M game. But I'd be shocked if it's not something that's experimented with. And if it's not something that's been experimented with in practice, I'd be even more shocked. Zed is in a very unique situation where he's going to have opportunities to be the best player on the court when he's on the court, whether it's because the other team's got their full second unit or in most Big Ten teams around and other teams around the country, he'd, he'd be a starter. He's a guy that started, you know, last year until he got hurt. And I think all of the year before, so and maybe even the year before that, <laughs> but it's Felix's spot at the five right now. And I think, you know, Holt showed that with the first game by the way he, you know, started the game, the way he subbed, the way he played both those guys. And also like the way Felix plays, like that's a true five that you want right there. I would be excited to see them on the court together but I, I just think it could boil down to as simple as, hey, we have a luxury of having two really good bigs. And, you know, if Felix is in foul trouble, we have the most reliable backup five in the history of the Big Ten. A guy who started, you know, two years, a guy who knows the offense, a guy who's in the best shape of his career. Uh, I don't necessarily know if Zed Key dropping all that weight is is a positive for the way he plays. It would be a positive if they stick him in at the four. But to to be a backup five, you know, he's got the experience of a starter. And, you know, maybe there are games where you switch it up and Zed starts. So there are games where you, you start both of them. But for me, what I'm most excited about with Zed is the – if you think about last year, last year Zed got hurt and the team was kind of just lost. You know, Felix – showed signs but it was a true freshman this year if if Felix is in foul trouble or gets banged up or anything like that you have like I just said the utmost confidence in your backup center so that that that's what excites me and maybe that goes back to the first question maybe Zed becomes the the big shot guy or the or the sixth man of the year candidate guy he averaged like 11 points per game last year you know it's tough to average 11 points per game in in less minutes and and off the bench but He's a guy that's going to come in and, and score the basketball and get rebounds and putbacks and draw fouls and get the other team's best player into foul trouble. So he, I'm with you. He's he's essential to this year's team. I think Zed Key is 
he's similar to Aaron Kraft in on a lesser degree in that you just you hate to play a guy like him. It's just so annoying. Like he is obnoxious with his rebounding, second chance points, offensive rebounding. He was elite last season. Like the numbers back it up. He was literally elite offensive rebounding last season. And if he can play the five and come off the bench, and that's great, but I think that's a good point. Like, is losing that weight actually going to be good for his game or will it not? But another good thing that Ohio State has in the front court is last year in that second game against Purdue, they threw Owen Spencer out there, and I believe he had four fouls over the span of like six minutes, which I was all for. I mean, just go beat Zach Eady up and bruise him. Um, but if you have a healthy Felix Akpara and Zed Key and Owen Spencer, once he gets healthy, uh, and Austin Parks, that's going to be a really, really good front court. So I'm excited to see that in action as well. Uh, next question that you've got, Andrew. I mean, we've, we're we're getting low now because you've po- you've offered two good questions. I've offered two good questions. I, I would just say, can Ohio State be a top eight team in the Big Ten this year? Because if you're a top eight team, you're probably making it to the tournament. We were talking about that before. You know, we we got into it, but it's like, can this team just hang around in Big Ten play, win a few games in the Big Ten tournament, and win, you know, a few of their marquee pre-Big Ten matchups? And if the answer is yes, then you have a, a Holtman team similar to the ones you've had, you know, besides last year, where it's any game they could win and any game they could lose. Last year, it felt more like they are going to lose this game than ever under Holtman, you know, I, I personally have always felt, Hey, Ohio state's got a chance to win this game, no matter who they play. I mean, they beat Duke at home with Paulo who ended up being the number one pick coach K's last year. Like there was that last year's team does not win that Duke game and they played at Duke and they lost. So my, my question is just, can they hang around and be a top eight team in the big 10 the whole year? And if they can do that, they they should be a tournament team. Yeah, they'll lose a few games that they shouldn't lose, but they'll win a lot of games. And they will, you know, potentially be above 500, win 11 games in the Big Ten or whatever it is. And I think, you know, for multiple reasons that that needs to happen. But the question is, will will it happen? And we've just spent, you know, 30 minutes already talking about why we think it could happen, whether it's Zed Key or Roddy taking that next step. So. The answer is not what needs to happen in order for them to be a top eight team. It's it's will it happen? Yeah, and I think the answer can it happen is obviously yeah. Ohio State could Ohio State could get a double buy this year in the Big Ten tournament. They could. Is that the very top of their ceiling? Probably in Big Ten play, but they definitely could. And well, there's nothing higher th- than that. Yeah, no, of, of course. I, I I mean they're. I mean, their ceiling, I would say, like, in the way I say it on the show is you're talking best case and worst case scenario. Best case would be like 90th percentile. Worst case would be 10th percentile. I think your 90th percentile, you're looking at like a three seed. Like, that's probably about as good as it can get in any simulation of the season. And I think the the goal this year for Ohio State, and people have asked me, what does success look like at Ohio State? And fans have their own opinions, but it's not just playing well in the big 10 and playing well into the big 10 tournament, but it's advancing in the NCAA tournament to the second weekend. So would, what's your measure of success this season for Ohio state? Is it 
getting to the Sweet 16? Is it only NCAA tournament um, goals, Big Ten tournament goals as well? Or how does that look for you? Yeah, I mean, everyone always says got to make the Sweet 16. You know, Holtman's got to get over that hump with Ohio State. But he's now coming off his worst year as as coach. You know, the team was the worst they'd been under him. So to expect that this year's team is going to make the Sweet 16 without seeing anything, I think would be lofty expectations. But then once you're there and once you're in the moment, you know, you start talking yourself into how the team could, you know, make a Final Four run. And then if they are in the Final Four, who would they match up with well from over here? So I would just not get ahead of expectations and just can you go into Big Ten play as a team with expectations because of what you did? And then once you get there, can you be a top, you know, we'll, we'll change it to top five. Can you be a top five team in the Big Ten? And then when you do that, can you now be a team that competes for the Big Ten championship in the Big Ten tournament? And then finally, can you make it to the Sweet 16? I don't think you can start the season by saying the expectations this year are they have to make it to the Sweet 16. The expectation definitely should be a team that could win any game in the Big Ten and, you know, fight for the double bye, like you were saying, and then be in March Madness without having to win the Big Ten tournament like the position they were in last year. So my expectations is that there'll be a team fighting to make the tournament. They will not be a team written off in whatever it was early February last year. They will be a team that we are talking about, excited about playing meaningful games in February and early March. And then once you get to that point, I will form my opinion on whether or not I think they could be a a Sweet 16 team. But – you know, there's been years where they absolutely should have made the Sweet 16, but then there's been years where they played Villanova in the second round with Malachi, and he did everything he could to get them to the Sweet 16, and the expectation wasn't that they were going to beat the three seed that year or the two seed, whatever it was. So I ask me that question when I'm on the show again before March Madness, what my tournament expectations are, but right now my expectations are just be a team where the games are meaningful in February. Okay, we'll take that, and and uh, I'll remember to ask you this sometime in mid February. I'll I'll mark that down. Another question that I would would have for you, or that I'd have for Ohio State in general, that's unanswered is defensively. Like that was a huge, huge area of focus during Ohio State media days, and something that head coach Chris Holtman has talked about. The team has talked about they need to be better defensively. Last year they were not good. There's just no getting around it. And Chris Holtman teams at times are have historically not been great defensively. So they get Brandon Bailey coming in now this season from Boston, uh, from the Celtics, who obviously has a a great focus on defense and we've heard good things, but how big of an impact do you think Brandon Bailey could be? And just in general, what are the vibes you get on Ohio state's defense this year? I said this to Joey on the show the other day, you know, you're getting defensive addition by subtraction which you're, you're losing Bryce Sensabaugh as this guy could have 30 any night, but there were games where he literally could not be kept on the floor because of his defense, where his defense was so bad that a guy who everyone believed and knew could get a bucket at any time had to be strategically placed on the floor in important games. So right there, you're getting an upgrade, you know, defensively by, by Bryce Sensabaugh not being around. Now you need to, make up for it offensively like we talked about with Phil and that 
fill in that void. But then also Sean McNeil, he was a huge contributor. He's a scrappy guy, but he by no means was like a, you know, lockdown defender guy that you're trusting to, to really muddy up the game. And another thing is Zed key. He's still on the team, but defensively Felix showed right away. He has a chance to be like a generational shot blocker. He's big, he's long, he's smart. So right away you're in Jameson battle. He's a veteran, but right away you're, you're not having Sean McNeil out there. You're not having Bryce sensible on out there and you're having more Felix Akpara. So if you just start with that, you should expect the defense to be better. And then you bring in, you know, changes from a coaching standpoint. You bring in the fact that guys are now a year older, a year more in the defensive system. Bruce Thornton is going to be, you know, in passing lanes. Evan Mahaffey is another guy who's going to come in and be, you know, great on the defensive end. We've heard good things about the freshman on the defensive end. So it's a little bit of a addition by subtraction on the defensive end, in my opinion, where you know that, like, let's say the floor was here, and this is bad radio because I'm showing with my hands, but let's say the floor is, you know, where it was last year. Your floor is already raised. So the worst that they could be on defense, in my opinion, is significantly better than than last year. So that's a long answer for me saying I'm expecting it to be significantly better this year. Yeah, and I've made the argument. I, I made the argument in the Big Ten tournament last year when Bryce Sensball was out for the year. You're not replacing 16 points a game from Bryce Sensball. You're replacing 12, 10, because not only was he not good defensively and gave up some some points, but he also wasn't the best defensive rebounder at times as well. He did pull down a, a fair amount of rebounds per game, but you don't have to replace 16 points because while he scored 16, he also lost a few buckets per game for Ohio State defensively. So you're telling me that Jameson Battle can't step in and score 16 points a game now this year, and you're telling me that Dale Bonner can't be better defensively and Evan Mahaffey can't be better and Felix Akpara can't improve? I mean – there's no reason to believe defensively this team can't be better and you're making coaching adjustments. I think this is something that with it being a focal point that coaches and players have spoken about with the coaching moves that Chris Holtman has made, with the transfers that he went out and got, especially with Bonner and Mahaffey, it's really hard to see this team not being good defensively heading into this year. So really encouraged by that as well. And it's so hard, like it's hard for me not to be optimistic about the team this season. You look at the the transfers they're bringing in, coming in from Minnesota, Penn State, and Baylor. That's all big power conference teams that they played at where they did contribute, even if they weren't starting. You have this freshman class stepping into their sophomore year. You're losing one major contributor. You've got a fantastic freshman class coming in. It's hard not to be optimistic about this team for sure. So any other questions that you would have unanswered about Ohio State this season? I have one I, more. Got the light bulb, I see. This is my favorite game. I like to play it every year. Who loses first, Ohio State football or Ohio State basketball? Um, see, for Ohio State football, it's you're looking at November 20-whatever when they face Michigan. I mean, are, I'm not too worried about the game against Wisconsin. I've looked into Wisconsin a little bit, and they're not the same Wisconsin that we're used to seeing they they've got Braylon Allen, great running back. But outside of that, or I think their defense is they're not very good at tackling. They, they love eye candy. They're not very disciplined. Uh, so I'm not worried about that game. Then you've got the likes of Minnesota and Michigan state and Rutgers. 
I don't know. Ohio State doesn't lose to Rutgers. So it's really the Michigan game, which would be November 20-something, right? And then you've got the Texas A&M game, which is the 9th, 10th, I want to say. Right here, November 10th. November 10th. Okay, one day off. So let me ask you this. What game comes first, Ohio State against Alabama or Ohio State against Michigan? Do you know that off the top of your head? Yeah, it's Ohio State against Michigan. Okay, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm really high on Texas A&M this year. As as far as me being high on Ohio State, that is true. But I think the the old Aggies they're going to be really really good this year, um, and potentially moving pretty swimmingly through the NCAA tournament. I mean, Wade Taylor is legit. They've got a great front court as well. Uh, I like them. So I think Ohio State will unfortunately lose to Texas A&M. I think they'll lose first. Uh, before Ohio State football does. Um, your thoughts on that, Andrew? I, I need to look. I, I'm not sure what it's been the last – well, every year it's been – the last two years it's been Michigan for Ohio State. So I'm not sure if last year Ohio State basketball lost a game before that Michigan game. I forget when the Duke game was. Or if the year before they lost – I don't think they did the year before because the year before – when they played Duke, they might've been undefeated or maybe they only had one loss. I forget what it is, but I think the last few years football has lost first. So my, I'm not giving a prediction because I have a joke with the podcast is that no matter who they're playing at the end of the, at the end of every episode, we give our prediction and it's always Ohio state winning, no matter who they're playing, no matter the sport. It's always Ohio State by field goal if they're playing a team that they may lose to in football. And it's always Ohio State by five if they're playing a team in basketball that, you know, maybe they shouldn't beat. And, yes, we analyze the games factually and in all honesty. But before we're at the games, you know, before we're doing the Texas A&M preview, I'm definitely not saying they're losing to to Texas A&M, let alone any team. So, I say both teams are still undefeated when Ohio State football is in the Big Ten championship on December 3rd when Ohio State also plays Minnesota in basketball or December 2nd. So that'll that'll be the make or break that weekend. I applaud your ability to ride the fence here. Uh, of course, that that's that's my take as well is just – don't have an opinion because when you're wrong, people are going to hate you for it. So there's just no point. And you know what? You know what's not fair about all of this is that we're on these podcasts and, you know, people can clip what we're saying and then they can throw it back on our face and say, hey, you were wrong about this idiot. Yet, if we have a take and then someone tweets back at us, hey, idiot, that's not going to happen. And then we're right. They can just delete their tweet. So the risk reward, it's, it's not worth it in the end. And I will say this, Ohio State, if they're undefeated, undefeated, heading into the Minnesota and Penn State bouts, I believe that they have, they're not going to lose. Uh, they, they will lose at some point during the year, but it will be Ohio State football first, I think. Uh, well, no, because then you're, you're playing in January and Ohio State's still got to take on UCLA and <laughs> West Virginia could be plucky. Who knows? So. But that's not me giving an opinion. That's not even close to what that is. I'm not going to go there. So that's a good question. Um, I, I think it comes down to that Texas A&M game, honestly. Um, so it'll be interesting to to, to see how that shakes out. Um, any other questions? Any other light bulb moments for you? 
nothing else that I'm thinking. I'm going to have a lot more questions, I'm sure, after the the opening Ohio State basketball game is, is you know, that makes sense that once we see real action, we'll we'll have some more questions. But I, I'm fired up, man. Basketball season's here. You know, we're we're going to be talking about it a ton on our show. I know you're going to be talking about it a ton on on your show. And I'm just excited to I mean, NBA's back, too, which is also extremely exciting. So I'm just excited to have my TV always having hoops on it really starting right now. So, Andrew, this episode is going to go live here in a couple hours. We're recording about two, three o'clock Eastern. Um, I, I'm just going to say it. All right. I, I don't condone this at all. I, I personally don't think you should, but I do it. Um, any there's a 100 percent profit boost on FanDuel tonight. OK, I'm not a big NBA guy. I'm much bigger in college basketball. But let me just say that I I've been cleaning up recently. It's been really, really profitable for me. I'm really proud of myself, um, as should all the listeners be. What should we be placing this 100% profit boost on tonight? Any any picks that you've got? Well, now you're going to make me pull up the the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I got it right here. I'm going to go to my my Chicago Bulls. I'm going to see what we got for, for over-under, Zach Levine, all that kind of stuff. Let's go Zach Levine to score 25-plus points, minus 160. Start the season off well. If you want to parlay it with uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander also scoring 25, then then go ahead and, ma- and make some money. But let's go Zach Levine to score over 25 tonight. We're going to hold you to that. That is a take. I, I've trapped you. Uh, also, I applaud your your use of the profit boost. Some people say, ooh, 100% profit boost. I can get um, Zach Levine to score 30. And that's probably what plus 150, 160, something like that. And you're like, oh, I can get plus 260 on that. That's a great return. No, don't be stupid. Be responsible with your money. Don't bet more than you can lose. And also use your profit boost to actually get increased value. If it's minus 160 and you can now get it at plus 160, that's a great bet. So um, I love that. I love that. Parlay is also of the devil, but if you do it responsibly, then I'm I'm okay with it. One um, more. Okay. One we, more. Okay. One more to juice to juice the part or to juice the plus a hundred, like you were saying, or hundred percent profit boost. Both yep. teams to score in the first minute. Yes, plus one thirty two for the Bulls Thunder. I'm just seeing this now too. What does that make? It makes it plus two thirty two if you do the. Yeah, that would make it. And if you parlay that, that's going to be juicy. That's going to be juicy if you take the profit boost on it. Let's do it. Okay, fine. We'll do it. Um, I actually do like that. I, I legitimately may pull up FanDuel when we get done. No, I got to be re- – see, don't be like me. Bet be responsibly. Responsible. Bet responsibly. Yeah. Uh, FanDuel not a sponsor could be. Probably won't. Um, that just feels dirty. Um, okay, well, we've talked Ohio State basketball. We, we've given our, our takes for some sports betting props tonight, which is always fun. Uh, where would you set Ohio State? Because for some reason, no one wants to do it. And, and I call all the sports books uh, wimps for not. If Ohio State had an over under on wins this season, where would you set that line at? How many how many games are they playing? Do we know the exact number they're playing? Because... Are they in any are any of these games preseason tournaments where if they win they'll play another game? Well, they've got they've got guaranteed games in the Emerald Coast Classic where 
If they beat Alabama, I believe they'll they'll play the winner of Oregon and Santa Clara, but they will play win or lose. So I believe win they have 31 lose, right? games in the regular yeah. season. 31? I believe that's the number. I would say the over-under is 19 and a half for this Oof. Ohio State team. Because I think last that's year they won, they won, like including the Big Ten tournament, I want to say. They won 16, 16? I believe, last year. Yeah. So I, what, what did they win the year before? Let me look. Previous season, they went 20 and 12. And that was like a fourth in the Big Ten. That was like a solid Holtman mm-hmm. year. They were – that was the Malachi team. They were solid. So they won 20 games. I would say 19 and a half is a good number for the over-under. And they went 12 and 8 in the Big Ten this in that in that year when they won 20 games. Yeah. So basically, like, if you think Ohio State can get to 12 Big Ten wins, then you would take the over of 19 and a half. Yeah. That's that's a really good line, honestly. I don't know if I'd lean toward the under or the over. If I'm betting, actually, you know, if I'm betting and someone's forcing me to to put money on this, then I'm just gonna tell them, no, you can't force me to do that, and I won't do it. Um, I don't feel good about that one way or another, but um, I think that's a great that's a great number to set it at. So maybe Andrew, maybe maybe we just put money on Bruce Thornton to win the Wooden Award. That what are the odds of that? Like plus twenty thousand? Is I don't he even, even know available? If he's on here. Let me see. No, he's not on here. Uh, he will be. Any, he uh, will be. Is there an Ohio State player on there? Jameson Battle on there? I don't think so. If you can be- see, why? Why can you bet freaking the color of the Gatorade for the Super Bowl that is poured on the winner, but you can't bet? There's just there's so much more research in that stuff. Give give me the like I can't even have six man of the year props in the Big Ten or something like that. Like, come on. You can have conference outrights. Who wins the regular season in the Big Ten? Yeah, what do you think Ohio lame. State's odds are? They have the fourth best odds. Ohio State has the fourth best odds to win the Big Ten. Tied with Indiana and Wisconsin. Oh my goodness. That's breaking news. That I, I did not think it was that high. Now I'm feeling I'm well, I didn't tell you what it is. It's plus fourteen hundred. I I don't care. Fourth best odds. I, I'm taking the over on nineteen and a half wins now. Thanks, Vegas. Give me my money. You're taking the over on the line that we just made up. I love it. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll find a place where I can where I can put my money. Um, okay. We we've gone completely off the rails here, which is sometimes just the way it has to go. Cannot wait for Ohio State basketball to start again. Make sure you're following Drive the Lane pod on on twitter instagram all the socials you also had you you've had a couple uh videos i've seen kind of go semi-viral so good on you for that but andrew plug literally everything that you want to plug here um tell fans where to go drive the lane pod at andrew zolden that's all you need and at joey smoke 14 always got to shout out my guy joey i think he's the joey lane on on instagram so Follow him, follow us, follow the show, follow views from the shot if you're not already, but you probably are because I would imagine if you found this episode, you're already a loyal follower. We got to get those numbers up. We're going to help you climb. We're going to help you climb. You got to be at a you got to be at a at a buck 50 by the end of uh basketball season. You think we can get there? 1500? Um we're, I believe we're about halfway there as of now. So if we can double that this season, and this is the first full season. Many don't know this. Many many assume that this podcast is older than it is. 
we started this thing in January of last uh, of this year. So this is the first full regular tough season. Tough time. So, <laughs> tough time to yeah. start an Ohio State basketball. Not, not the best time to, to peak when you're covering Ohio State basketball. So there is that. But if we can get there, then then we'll absolutely get there. And and we have our, our mighty few fans already, and, and we'd love to get more. So appreciate it, Andrew. Appreciate you being on the show. Would love to have you again at some point soon. Absolutely. Uh, but you Let's keep, do it. Keep crushing it on drive the lane. Keep Joey in check. Um, I know how he can get, of course. Um, but enjoy the season. Enjoy the football season as well. And thanks for jumping on. No, thank you. Talk soon. So what we already knew is now confirmed. We love Andrew. He's great. And he's clearly an expert when it comes to sports betting. So make sure you you tail Andrew's picks tonight if you get the chance. If you're listening here on a Wednesday afternoon slash evening, Andrew was phenomenal. Loved having him on the show and talking about our biggest unanswered questions that we have heading into this Ohio State basketball season. We're going to continue along. Next episode will be out on Friday. We'll continue along with this season preview series that we've got going with. And I'm curious what your biggest questions are in regards to Ohio State basketball. So keep those on your mind. We're going to have a mailbag episode to close out the season preview series so have those questions on hand i will be sure to answer as many as i can on that episode with that said again thank you for listening today if you've gotten this far and you're still not subscribed i'm gonna send andrew to your home or your residence and force you to subscribe and no one would want that right so just do the right thing, do the easy thing, and subscribe to the Views from the Shop podcast. Appreciate you listening today. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.